0: welcome to the quintessential being podcast here you'll find conversations with epic souls that offer fresh perspectives cultivate awareness and invite acceptance for you to experience wholeness right now join me nikki o'brien as i dive deep with these beautiful beings of light Hello gorgeous ones. Today's episode is a little bit different and I am super excited to share it with you because it is actually me getting interviewed by the amazing woman that is Stacey Marie from the Social Hub podcast. Stacy is a biz coach. She is passionate about juggling biz and mum life without guilt or burnout. And also happens to be one of my amazing soulmate clients. You can find her on Instagram at Miss Stacey Marie or check out her podcast, the social hub. Gosh, I just feel so lucky to work with amazing people like her. Like it's it's why I love my job. She did a series called The Motherhood Chronicles all about mums talking the realities of life and business and it was honestly such an amazing chat that I asked her if I could share it with you too because it's real, it is raw, I cry, of course I cry (laughs) and it really pulls back the curtain to see past the highlight reel and actually into everyday life as a solo mama and biz owner. Anyway, let's get into the episode. I hope you love it.
1: Well, welcome Nikki to today's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Not only are you a new guest, but you're also my podcast editor. So (laughs) it's kind of cool to give everyone an introduction to someone who actually helps me make this happen each and every week as well because podcasting does not happen by chance as you know
0: (laughs) it absolutely doesn't thank you so much for inviting me on I'm super excited to dive into this chat
1: cool so let's get stuck straight in I'd love you to share with everyone a little bit about you and your business
0: oh yeah okay So me personally, I would probably describe myself as like a deeply curious and spiritual being housed in this, you know, beautiful, delightfully human body. That's how I kind of see the world. I have this like unique willingness to grow and gather and listen. Like it's probably my superpower is listening and interviewing. I love conversations. I believe wholeheartedly in the magic of conversations and I adore the aha moments that you get. I really believe that talking a conversation like this with people can really bring those like deeply transformational awarenesses, you know, into your consciousness, which I really enjoy as you said, I support successful entrepreneurs like yourself in podcasting, whether that's starting from scratch or continuing editing. And yeah, and I also have a wildly successful podcast of my own called Quintessential Being. So some people would know me as Quintessential Being.
1: (laughs) Cool. So how did you get started into this? Like what, you know, what, what was your passion to make podcasting your thing?
0: So podcasting was like a natural evolution for me because I used to work in radio. I have always adored conversations, like I said. So I was a radio... Kind of have to like
1: talking and like conversations to enjoy podcasting, right? Like it just goes hand in hand.
0: (laughs) It does. And I, yeah, I was an announcer, a radio announcer for Austereo, which is a radio company in Australia, across South Australia and Victoria. And I didn't really love in that industry being a cardboard cutout and having to have, you know, in in commercial radio, you have to represent a certain amount of the listenership, females and males. And so I was more often than not told the opinion that I had to have because my male co-host got to choose his, you know, got to have whatever he wanted to and all that kind of stuff and had to report on celebrity gossip and all that kind of jazz. And so I really got disheartened by the industry and decided to quit and then had my son and through actually you know becoming a mum for the first time and I split from his father that was a real sort of dark night of the soul I guess you could you could say and I didn't have the resources at that time to get all the healings and Reiki and everything that I kind of wanted to get, to get my mindset to where it needed to be. So I knew that I have a superpower, which is interviewing. And so I started my own podcast so that I could talk to anyone I wanted about anything I wanted and help other people in the process. Yeah. So like, I'm really passionate about I'm not the only one going through this. If I'm feeling this, everyone else, you know, there's a lot of other people that are feeling it too. So I knew by sharing that and sharing that wisdom that it would, you know, really help the world. So that's where the passion started. And then I was in a community of women who were in business for themselves. And they all started coming to me and saying, Hey, can you help me start a podcast? I know you've got a background in media and blah, blah, blah. So it literally just organically, grew (laughs) and was birthed into the world and you know you get your first client and then you get your next client and then and then it sort of snowballs from there so Mm. I've had a really fun journey with business it's definitely been I've always sort of wanted to work from my own laptop and be able to travel and work and take my son wherever not that I've been doing that this last year but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so now I kind of have that and I'm learning so many new different skills and and I love learning. I love learning. I love growing. I love evolving. It's it's part of who I am. So
1: yeah. That's in a nutshell. We've said before, we might have just been on Messenger when we've been talking is like a, a cool byproduct of your job is you get to listen to all of these awesome podcasts that you edit and get paid for it.
0: Oh, uh, it's amazing. Like I truly feel really lucky because I have some amazing, beautiful clients like yourself who just have these this is why I love the magic of conversation, right? Like they have, you have these beautiful in-depth, heart-opening, mind-blowing conversations that I get to listen to and edit and make totally digestible for, you know, I'm sure you've had a couple of interviews where they can be really tricky and stop sighty and really glitchy. And I get to make it into this beautiful product for listeners yeah. to just listen to while they're
1: driving or walking yeah. or doing the dishes. And so that feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and you know, I think I've got to definitely 100% say, you know, as a listener out there, you don't realize sometimes that sometimes a lot of the guests that I have on, they don't have their own podcast. They don't, they're not people that get up and speak on stage or things like that. You know, some of them are, but a lot of them aren't as well, you know, and they're happy to be on someone else's podcast because they don't want to necessarily have one of their own. I've had people on that have never been on a podcast before and it is stop, start and it is, you know, oh, sorry, I stumbled over my words and things like that, you know, and to turn that into, like a fully edited podcast where you you can't tell the difference like that doesn't happen by chance like, no, you know there's, there's a lot behind the scenes that goes on to make it happen for sure and it um, is and that's why I outsource it because I can do it I just don't really enjoy it so
0: yeah and like it is you know it can be time-consuming. yeah it can be time-consuming if it's not your you know, it's kind of like a second language to me. Like I find it really easy. It's definitely one of my zones of genius. You know, I have edited for a long, long time because obviously I was in radio. So it's like second nature to me. And I really enjoy, although it can be frustrating editing down those interviews that can be really tricky. You know, often people, and I found this on my own podcast, often people who have the most important, awesome message to share, like you said, they're not necessarily seasoned speakers or they're a bit nervous because they've never been on that before. And you- I like to think that my zone of genius really helps extract that gold and make it easy for the listener so that they have no idea that, yeah. you know, they were so, because I think you can get distracted if someone's arming and ahhing and stopping and starting that distracts from the, the gold nuggets that they can
1: deliver. So
0: that's part Definitely. of what I love doing.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So what would you say has been your biggest challenge in business and your biggest highlight so far?
0: Oh, my biggest challenge in business, there's like a few, I think, I think letting go of the fear that, you know, I'm definitely, I'm a person, I'm a bit, I'm a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) I like (laughs) I don't necessarily like feeling dumb, like I can't do something the first time. And when I find it hard, or I haven't done it before, like I'm a I'm a kinesthetic learner, so I, I learn by doing. And when I'm doing it, and it feels really clunky at the start, you know, podcasting editing is easy for me, but someone who maybe doesn't podcast edit and finds it totally hard, right? There are certain things that I find really challenging and really hard. And so pushing through that discomfort and learning how to do it and doing it clunky the first few times that's probably really challenging and the fear the fear of like you know I can I can sit in front of a podcast microphone and talk until the cows come home but on social media you've got to like present yourself and you know put your face out there and all that kind of stuff and so that's come with challenges too you know I think in Australia we definitely tend to call out like the tall poppy syndrome and so overcoming that mindset. And feeling like I'm soulfully selling has has been a journey as well. What about you? I'd love to hear what your challenge is. Not to
1: I interview you, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, same as you, I guess. Like it, there's has so, been so many challenges along the way, but uh, I think probably my biggest challenge is like it's my own undoing is I'm, you say you're a recovering perfectionist. I'm a recovering workaholic. And, you know, I spent so many years in corporate where, you know, cause I worked in the finance industry and was in people leadership. And, you know, the expectation was that even as a mother, you kept up with the men, right? You yeah. had to, to be able to keep those jobs. You had to work like a man and, and mother, like a, a woman. And it was really hard to balance the two. So you become very much a workaholic, even though you are a mom and trying to juggle the two. And I, I did take that mentality into starting a business. I think in some ways it was really good because I made some quick wins and and got further than some people would in the first 12 months because I worked so hard but it became my biggest challenge because I nearly burnt out and you know I felt like I'd just taken you know gone from a nine to five job to just replacing it with almost like a freaking 12 hour a day job at home trying to get a business off the ground, but. You know, so I have really had to work hard in the last probably 18 months and def- definitely the last 12 in making myself a conscious choice. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. And can we
0: talk about, like, surrendering to rest? Because I feel yeah. like that's part of one of my biggest challenges. Like you said, like you feel like, especially because you're working from yourself, you're working from home, you, like, put on, a, you put on a load of, you know, washing or do the dishes and clean up the house as you're kind of going and try and do a million things at once. Yeah, like surrendering to rest has been one of the hugest challenges. So how do you, how have you taught yourself into that
1: (laughs) or allowed it? Oh, it's funny. Like I think the, the thing I did was when I tried to try to step back and work with a bit more flow and, you know, put processes in place in my business so I didn't have to be working so hard. And just, you know, surrender to the fact that it's going to be a journey, it's not going to happen overnight sort of thing. I instantly went to just investing all that extra time into the kids. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. surrendering to myself. I wasn't Mm. investing in my, like when I say investing in myself was a conscious choice, it has been a conscious choice. It's been honestly been an uphill battle for me to put myself first in some ways. And I still to this day. I don't think I'll ever be good at it. I'll be perfectly honest, but it's little things like when I get my hair done, I make an appointment now to go back in 10 weeks and I don't, I don't cancel it anymore. I used to always cancel those (laughs) appointments because I'd have to do something else for the kids or I'd have something to do with work or business or whatever. And I think the more that I've done it, I've realized how much a better person I am. So yes, I recognize the, the benefits to not just me, but also to my family. When I do put my hand up and say, I need this time or I'm going to do it this way, or I'm going to go for a walk every morning or whatever it is I'm choosing to do to invest in myself. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Like, I think that's been my process, gathering the evidence, gathering the evidence that because I'm really good at resting when I'm like totally like, I can't do it anymore. And I've tried to correct that, So that when I can feel it, because you can always feel it coming on and I can feel it like, okay, I need to power down. I need to rest. I need to just do nothing and let go of the to-do list, even though it's like 5 million items long. And now I'm kind of, I've taken myself through the process of like, resting actually makes me more potent resting actually makes me more powerful yeah. and more productive and and just yeah slowly feeding myself that evidence that yes even though it feels counterintuitive Nikki this is how it goes down <laughs> yeah
1: we well, can just I think for me sometimes it's little things like you know you hear all these things like oh, I just call them you know your, your positive habits or your good routines and it could be different things for different people and for me sometimes it's a different thing on every day of the week but things mm-hmm. like you know Journaling, prioritizing moving your body, you know, all those things. Like, even just recently, I've got in the school holidays, I don't work a lot, and I get usually all my good habits go to the wayside because I'm just like having coffee in bed and having wine at night and going out with the kids and not really doing much at all. And the last couple of weeks since they've gone back to school, I've had to recommit to all of these things. And I was starting to feel really murky, you know, but I know that I have to prioritize doing it. And if I don't, then I just don't show up the best in my business or for myself or for my family.
0: Yeah, definitely yeah. I've noticed a change in parenting. Like if I give myself that time and like you said, those little rituals or whatever it is that that helps me be more of me or just find this like place of peace and ease and calm inside myself, I can like I can hold space for my for my son to you know have epic meltdowns. Whereas when I'm on edge or stressed out or you know have the to-do list running in the back of my head it's a
1: completely different
0: mum that he gets so Mm. yeah
1: I think the thing is we're us women are very good at holding space for other people but we're not good at holding it for ourselves absolutely yeah absolutely so what's been your biggest highlight then
0: some of the interviews like I I don't know whether that's not in business like you know my honestly Stacey like if I was like telling you my big dreams like I would love to be Oprah yeah (laughs) People will probably laugh about that, but I've always... No, she always... got to have
1: the best conversations with all sorts of people. Like, that's an awesome job. And she got to give it is. cars. Like, doesn't <laughs> want to be able to do that.
0: I don't know about the cars, but I just love that, you know, Mark Parkinson, Andrew Denton, like anyone like that, who they just have this ability to like interview and, and share insights of people that other people don't like, the audiences don't normally get to see. Like, I fucking love that. And so... My biggest highlights are on my podcast, speaking to reaching out to big names last year, at the end of last year, I had been following Gala Darling. I don't know whether you know who she is, but she's got a massive following on YouTube and Instagram and she's like a manifestation queen. Anyway, I had been following her for like years and years and she was on my like dream list and I finally reached out to her at the end of last year and she said yes and that for me was like an epic highlight because I got to have this conversation with her face to face and ask her anything and you know also like tap into her energy and feel how she does things and so those are the highlights for me and I love sharing that with my audience like
1: yeah (laughs) I can totally appreciate that because it's funny like some days you know some days you wake up and you might be in Might be in bear mode and you didn't think you were going to be and then you've got like three podcasts to record and you're like, oh, my God, how am I going to show up to this? But every time I get on to record an interview, I just get so much from the energy from that other person and I walk away feeling so uplifted. And that might sound like super naff and people might roll their eyes at hearing that. But it is true. Like I love talking to other people. I love hearing other people's stories and it just makes me feel so good. So when I've had a day where I've just done podcast interviews, I'm the best person to come home to. Yeah, (laughs) It's like it fills my cup. I often say if I could get paid to podcast all day, Uh I would be the happiest person in the world.
0: Babe, you speak speaking my language. Like that's why, you know, I yeah, I would love to build a following where I'm just like get paid to interview all day, every day. Because yeah. I I adore it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I adore it. Like let me have conversations. I have, you know, love going out for coffee, having conversations with my friends about, you know, and just showing people different them different perspectives and all that kind of stuff. Like I I think. The magic comes in conversation, the healing comes in conversation, the transformation comes in conversation because you don't necessarily always, when you're in your own head, like we are not nice to ourselves, or we no. have this have this really close perspective or view, or you know, everyone has their own absolute truth, right? So when you're in conversation with someone else and they can show you a different perspective, or you can get that aha moment, it's 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 groundbreaking. It's you know, that's where that's where magic happens
1: yeah and I think it's a it's a true indication of someone following the thing that they love to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah which a lot of people don't yes you know you go you get sometimes you feel stuck or maybe some people want to I don't like using the word the p word pivot because everyone got sick <laughs> of it last year but you know sometimes people sit there and go oh, I really want to do this but I'm doing this now I just got to stay doing this and and it's like you know No, like we get to live a life where we get to do the things we love, right? Oh,
0: right. Let's riff on like courage a little bit because it does take courage and people, I don't know whether you feel the same, but I think, I feel like outsiders kind of look at me and go, oh, but it's easy for her. Like, it's not fucking easy. (laughs) I have the (laughs) days where I don't want to get out of bed and I'm crying because I don't want to show up and I feel like I've shared too much or, you know, I get really vulnerable on that podcast. I cry on there like often and like, you know, share my my brokenness for like one of a better word but you know what if it helps one person feel less broken and feel more like like less alone I should say then 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 that's why I do it you know Mm -hmm. it takes massive courage and bravery and constantly loving on yourself and forgiving yourself and being compassionate with yourself which doesn't come easy like I've had to work to get here
1: (laughs) that's it's so true and you know a lot of people will say and I people say it to me a lot they go Oh, but I'm just not confident like you and I just can't, you know, just talk like you and all that stuff. And yeah, talking comes naturally. I'm not gonna lie about that. But like I am still plagued some days with massive self-doubt. I don't particularly love being on camera and will criticise the way I look on camera every single time I do a live stream. Oh, you look really fat that day. Your eyes are really puffy. You know, your hair looks stupid. You should have gone and got a haircut the week earlier, not not that week. Like I'm constantly criticising myself mm-hmm. um, or one day I'll be like, oh, your voice sounds terrible. Like why have you got a podcast? Like you know, all these things. But, yeah. and then sometimes when I'm, you know, I, I did an episode, I think it was last week, which was a little bit ranty. And, you know, so many times I'm like, I recorded it. And then it was like, oh, you probably shouldn't post it. Oh, you probably shouldn't actually upload it. Like, should you share it? Oh, will people like it. Well, they're not like, it? oh, like, you know, that whole thing. And I just went, oh, fuck it. I'm just, just do it. Like, this is how you feel. You can't, you decided to do this shit to share how you really feel and to attract those people who agree with you Yeah. or align with you agree is probably the wrong word. And, you know, help those people who feel the same way, but don't feel they've got a voice. Yep. and and I was like just fuck it and so I just did it but you know there's a lot of courage that comes with anyone that's got an online platform sharing how they really feel sharing their voice even if people don't agree with you knowing yeah. that people won't knowing full well that people won't agree with you and being prepared to cop it mm-hmm. for the greater good of helping the people that don't have a voice
0: absolutely yeah absolutely and it yeah Like you said, it just takes, it takes continuous courage and you have to continuously make that decision. And some days it's easier than others, but there's always those days where it's like, oh, we're here again. (laughs) I I like, I procrastinate on releasing the episodes, which I know are like, they like share the depths of my psyche really, you know, and I will put off releasing them for months. (laughs)
1: Like
0: I'm really good at it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they sit recorded until you have a brave moment. Maybe you go into wild mode and then you go, yeah, I'm going to upload that one. That was a good one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. I get that. So (laughs) let's switch up to mum life now. So you've told us a little bit about your family, but Mm -hmm. elaborate a little bit more for us.
0: Yeah, so I'm a single mama. Well, we like co-parent. He goes to his dad's every second weekend. And so really becoming a mum has... Changed me fundamentally, you know. I remember being pregnant. Three,
1: three. He's five. Five. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, three. Three. (laughs) Let's not go back there. Let's not go back to the three nager. Yeah.
0: I know the three nager. That was like that was probably that was probably the hardest year of my life. Like trying to do that as a single mom. So yeah. What was the question? What's my family? He's amazing. He is amazing. And he fundamentally changed who I am. You know, there's something that unlocks in you when you become a mom and it's different to, to all the ways that you think it's going to happen. It's so different. I just knew that I had to show up in a way that I'd never shown up before. And I knew I had to be brave. I wanted to be brave to show him and give him and myself what I always knew was my potential and so it's like he gave me the courage to like finally just throw caution to the wind and actually be like no like I have another another being that that gives me motivation to kind of step out there and do it more and more so yeah I love being a mum. it's definitely hard some days I think that we are often superwomen doing everything and i think that's not understood by society at all
1: <laughs> I, I think, so I, think the I think the superwoman's an expectation of society modern day society because if you look back at you know you know sort of traditional cultures they the women came together as a community and supported a woman to convalesce and to have a child and then to raise that child. And she didn't have to do anything in the, in that community or tribe or whatever it was. Whereas today it's the superwoman is the woman that in, in the Western world, I would say is the one that is praised. The one that has a yeah. child has her body back within four weeks, goes back to work, doesn't complain, puts food on the table, does everything. It's, it, it and it's just plays unreal. with her
0: child, it's plays unrealistic. with her child and feeds so much. It is, it's yeah. absolutely unrealistic. And I love that point that you brought up about community. That's probably been the biggest saving grace for me: is yeah. building and finding and attracting and loving my. Amazing support crew and the, you know, that hold me in the times where I'm bawling my eyes out. And, you know, because those days happen. And if it wasn't for my support crew, I my mental health would definitely not be where it is. But I, you know, they hold me and they help me and they understand me and they see me and they, you know, they reflect back to me the power that I am. And I'm eternally, eternally grateful for that. I have a beautiful, really gorgeous relationships some really close female relationships which I adore so that has made a huge difference in me being able to show
1: up and do the things that I do yeah and it's funny the more mums and women that I speak to is the ones that feel that they they are heard and that that do have not definitely not that they've had it easy that's not not it at all but feel that in some ways it's the road has been a little bit maybe easier to navigate are the ones that do have a community around them because there are women that are very isolated yeah and that you know maybe they're living remotely and they're not close to family and friends and obviously the internet makes it easier but it's still hard when you're not able to physically be with with a, your community of people and to me that's been one of my saving graces too but there are women out there that feel very isolated and it just shows how important it is for us women to have have a community of other women to help support us because we are the only ones that really know what it's like
0: (laughs) absolutely and I think that's the whole point you know I I don't want to say I worked really hard but I intentionally I intentionally went and sought community because I knew it was the yes. only way through. Yeah it's and a conscious it choice. Only, yeah. To make time for it and to find it, yeah. and seek it out, yeah. And to be vulnerable, to be vulnerable, yes. to trust, to trust your your stuff with other people that you're just getting to know, like I was really lucky in that I had a really good mother's group and had like early on, had some, some beautiful women in there who I could open up to about stuff. And so that really helped me. And then I sort of built out, you know, different different aspects. So they're all in different communities and not just all in one hub. But then, you know, what's that saying? It's like a problem, a problem shared is a problem halved. Like that's, yes, that's how it, it feels for yeah. me. And being seen and heard and just having someone to be like, because I don't have a partner to be like, to decompress to at the end of the day or you know what I mean so having that that I can just dialogue it out even if it's just on the phone you know I often have a beautiful friend that I literally spend like an hour on the phone to most nights just just talking and processing because it's a lot because we hold a lot and yeah. and you know in order for me to be able to do that I have these key support people you know yes. and it was really hard early on I I, I feel I definitely had to intentionally build it, intentionally trust, intentionally be vulnerable. And you know, and if you maybe are one of those natural ones that sort of feels better isolated, then then find it with someone who's objective. Find it with a professional, because that, you know, I just think it's so powerful. Yeah. You know, being held, being seen, being heard is is everything.
1: (laughs) And even for, you know, I'm I'm married, happily married, absolutely adore my husband. He's he's so supportive and, you know, we we work really well together. But again, it's a conscious choice for us to choose to communicate the way that we do and to to share the load the way that we do as well. He's also a willing participant in doing that with me, which I didn't have with my first marriage. But me, this is where I say it is so important that women have community because men and women are different. Like, When, when I, if he comes home and he's like, how's your day been? And I'm, you know, getting something off my chest, he wants to fix it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need you to fix. I just need you to listen. Yeah. I just want you to hear me. Just hear me. Just understand where I'm coming from and share my frustration without trying to give me a five-step process to fix the thing. (laughs) Yeah. Because I don't need you to fix it. I actually know what to do. I just want to talk yeah then it's the same with the kids too it's just like oh this happened today at school with one of the kids and you know and he'll be like oh okay and i'm like no 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 just i just want to talk about it like i want to talk throw around ideas you know i don't want to come up with an immediate solution to this i want to just you know and sometimes there's no solution like i've got an almost teenager sometimes she's had a bad day or something's happened there's actually no nothing i can do or Mm -hmm. as a parent all you she has the tools to, to change it and not all we can do is talk to her. We physically can't do anything. You know, if it's a yeah. fight with a friend or something like that, it's like, okay, well, we've got to give her the tools to be able to navigate things herself. And sometimes I just want to share that, you know, it upsets me that she's had a bad day. Yeah. But I'm not going to ring the parent. I'm not going to do these yeah. things. Like I need to empower her to be able to navigate her life, not band-aid everything that happens for her. So, yeah, and so yeah, that was a very long-winded story of how, you know, even even if you do have a supportive partner and, or men in your life, we still need, women still need each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do. Absolutely. You're different right.
1: We communicate on such a different way. We share things with each other in a different way.
0: We do, and we understand each other in a different way mm. as well, like you said, and, you know, it, they feed a different need.
1: yeah Yeah. definitely definitely Mm -hmm. so what do you think in terms of your mum j-o-b what would you say has been your biggest challenge and your biggest love
0: (sighs) my biggest challenge with mumming is probably learning to let go of control learning to let go of, controlling. That's a good one. Yeah, like I really had to make, and I was forced to do it early on because of our situation. So I had to hand over my baby and I had no control over what he was going to be fed and who he was going to be with. Like, no, you know, not who he was going to be with, but, you know, how he was going to be parented and all that kind of stuff. Although we have similar parenting philosophies, that felt really scary and i knew early on that i could either stress myself out and you know pull myself apart trying to make up for that or you know whatever it may have been or i could accept it and i could let go yeah. and i could let it i could let it work for me i could let it work for me in the way of he is his own being. My son is his own being and I can't control everything. That's not actually my job. You know, we, we get told that we're these parents and they're ours. Oh, that's my child. Like he's not mine. He's his own person and I'm just here to guide him. And so that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned in parenting is letting go of control and continuously like the courage, continuously surrendering to that at a different age of letting go of control and guiding him and letting him make his own decisions that you know that's that's been really tough for me what do I love about mumming I love watching him grow and surprise me I love watching him surprise me with the way that he he interacts with his friends or you know, just doing little beautiful things like picking me a flower and bringing it inside and here you go, mummy, and things like that, which are, you know, that you kind of get these little insights like, oh, I am doing a good job. (laughs) You know, like I am am guiding this beautiful human who's growing and flourishing and it's okay because I think you can as a mom, you can beat yourself up and you're not feeding them enough organic food. And you've not got down on the floor and played with them enough. And you've not put them into extracurricular activities and you've not, you know, educated them or done this, or there's so many, we get, we have so much noise. So those, those really small moments where I can see his beautiful heart and the, the gorgeous human that he's evolving into, those are the moments that I love the most. And they're kind of like the, the anchors that I can kind of <laughs> guide, guide me through yeah, the, yeah. the
1: journey. Yeah. yeah. And it's true. We are taught to find the shortcomings in how we parent. It was not the media or, or society or some sort of societal structure telling us that we're doing something wrong. It's another parent. Mm-hmm. And, and mums, I love mums, don't get me wrong, but we can be some of the most judgmental people in the whole world. Um, absolutely particularly if you come across people who think they're doing everything perfectly you or know we, we
0: disagree with like the way that you're choosing to parent it's like yep. this is the way I'm choosing to do it and you know and you might not be able to see what my end goal is and what my outcome is but I can fucking
1: tell you that it's intentional
0: <laughs> I'm yeah. not doing it by accident
1: <laughs> yeah no we definitely need to we need to look for the signs of the brilliant things we're doing with our kids Mm. and stop looking for the signs of the things we're doing so wrong
0: I think in that
1: journey too and letting go like I I, my girls aren't the children of my current husband I had them with the previous husband and um, Marley was one Ella was three when we split up so I was a single mum for a little while but they've I've you know, Marley's known Adam since she was two. So she's pretty much grown up with him. But,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that whole concept of letting go is hard. And I don't think like in, unless you've had an opportunity where you physically had to hand your children over to someone else, it could be daycare. Like that happens when mums have to send kids to secular daycare. I had to do that and they, I also had to hand them over to their their other father. And we haven't always had the best co-parenting relationship and in fact sometimes it was extremely toxic i'll be perfectly yeah. honest yeah yeah, 100 percent resonate with you yeah but it you know when you've got to hand your child over and go okay they're safe they're looked yeah. after they'll be they're shared, loved they're yeah. loved it's not going to happen the way i would do it but <laughs> i have to be okay with that
0: <laughs> yeah it's hard and, you know, it is so the- hard there's nothing, there's nothing, yeah, like you said, there's nothing like it. It's really, it's really fucking terrifying and I knew that I'd tear myself apart and so one way that I kind of reconciled with that in myself was, like I said at the top of this show, like I'm a really spiritual being so I would actually sink into the knowing that I believe that souls choose their parents and I knew that Caden chose that. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. Oh. <laughs>
1: You know what? It doesn't matter how long ago, like how long ago did you separate? We split When
0: he was like five weeks old, babe. So it's like,
1: you know, it's it's five years, over five years. Oh, well, Marley's 10 and Ella's nearly 13. So it was nine years ago, 10 years ago next year in February that I left their dad. And Mm. even last night the kids are telling me stories that make me go, are you fucking serious? Like, yeah how can you not get this mate? How can you not understand these kids? You know, it's hard. Yeah, it is really hard. So what held me
0: in those early days, and I still kind of definitely um, anchor to is that I believe souls choose their parents. And I know that he's chosen this experience. He's chosen his dad. He's chosen me. The soul knew that we wouldn't be together and this is, you know, part of his life lessons and that kind of was like my balm early on that, okay, he's chosen this experience and he'll also get to decide, you know, I know within myself that I have the best of intentions and I always think of my son and do the best things for all of us in that situation despite the fact that you know, that might not be my ex's truth, but I know it's mine. And I know my son will see that one
1: day. <laughs> oh, I just I feel like I'm talking to another, a mirror image of myself sometimes when I'm hearing you say this, because I've been through such a journey with the, and I'll say co-parenting with air quotes, because I don't believe I co-parented. <laughs> I feel like I mothered an ex-husband and my children at the same time, but um yeah. that's another story for another podcast episode. But it's has been so many times over the last, you know, however many years where I've just felt like I'm the one that loses all the time. Like yeah. I'm putting myself out there for the kids. I'm putting myself out there to make sure he still has a relationship with them. But the yep. one person that keeps losing all the time is me. And I've the amount of tears I've cried over yeah. feeling like I'm always losing in that scenario. Yeah. And it's not, it's not me going, not trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel it's not me trying to not see the positive in it or the the silver lining everyone knows that I'm always on that journey but there are just some times where it's fucking hard
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and that's you know it's so it's so true and people can say you know oh when he's grown up Nikki like he'll he'll see and he'll be grateful and it's like yeah but that doesn't make me feel any better right now when I when you know i I constantly feel wrong. I constantly yes. feel wrong, or I'm yes. not doing the right thing, and I'm, you know, it constantly feels like my integrity and my mm. truth and my love is is in question. You know that that feels really. Um, you know, I recently had an experience where I, I just, I, I, I not that I how do I put it? I recently had an experience where I know that he doesn't value me, like this is my son's ex, right? I know he doesn't value me or the job that I do or the role that I play in my son's life and I've come to accept that. But what I I was talking to my mum about was what I find really difficult is I do the best that I can and I try and make it fair and I have this deep belief in fairness and he can't see that. And so I feel like when he makes things hard for me and stresses me out, which makes it hard to parent our son when I'm... Him, ninety nine percent of the time, that's what I that's what I get triggered by. I get triggered by like, okay, I get that you don't value me. I get that you don't see my value. I get that you don't give a shit about me. But just let me do my thing because I'm good at what I do, and I'm a great mom, and I'm providing a great life for my for our son, right? So just just let me be so i can do it easier because mm. you putting pressure on me and you stressing me out and you exhausting me with this toxic energy bullshit just doesn't help but anyway that's super personal but it's the realist it's it's my reality it's my reality no. in co-parenting it's my reality in where
1: i am i think it's a pretty common story in co-parenting though which a lot of people don't talk about you hear a lot about the really bad stories and you hear, you know, or then there's also to the really good stories and the, you know, the Instagram perfect co-parents and all that, which I don't, it's, I, I really struggle with, with the concept that it's perfect for some of those people. But, uh, you know, if that's their truth, that's awesome. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's very common where, you know, you didn't stay together for a reason. And the reason is you weren't meant to be together. Like, you know, yeah. so there are going to be times where you don't agree. And if you didn't agree on what to have for dinner, you're probably not going to agree on how to pay <laughs> Like that is just common sense. But you, at the time you don't realise it. And, you know, when you talk about that whole letting go thing, you're letting go, you have to let go in this particular scenario as a, a woman who has children with another person of the fact that they are going to value you sometimes because they aren't, they are not going to value what you do. And it's really hard because they're your child's other parent. You want them to value what that you're doing. You want them to acknowledge everything that you're doing. So I'll give, I'm happy to give a really real example, which I'd, you know, come out of with my girls, but I went through a stage with probably about it was a couple of years worth of Ella just not wanting to go to her father's. And yeah, it got okay. to the point she was locking herself in her bedroom. And nothing bad was happening. There was no violence. I just want to fully put that out there. Yeah. She just wanted to be with mum. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a lot of other things that go behind that, which was would be a whole other episode entirely, which and I'm not going to share it all because it is my version of the story. Yeah. But I had to turn around at some point and say, this kid is beside herself. Yeah. She doesn't want to go. It's stressing her out. She's wetting the bed. She's biting her nails. Like, this is not cool. Like, we've got to find another way to navigate this. And one of the ways to navigate it was not to have so much overnight time. Now, he didn't like that because he was like, you're trying to take the kids away from me, blah, blah, blah. So I'm stuck between kid that doesn't want to go and is locking herself in a room an ex-husband who thinks I'm trying to take his children away from me yeah. And all I'm trying to do is find a way it's- for them to actually still have a relationship, but not be damaging anybody. Oh, and I hear you. You've got, and in the end, I had to turn around and say the one relationship I am not prepared to damage is the one I have with my child. Yeah. So I actually don't give a shit what you think yeah. about my methods. I don't give a fuck about what you think about me yeah. because I'm not cutting her off. You can, yeah. you can still have a relationship with her, but yeah. we just have to navigate this in a different way. But the one thing I'm not prepared to do is sacrifice my relationship with her. So, yeah. this is how I'm going to do it. <laughs> you can slot into that, or <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> how it was going to
0: And I feel like in those circumstances, uh, and I don't want to generalize because it's no, no, no. not and- always fair. But no. the narrative I feel like the narrative that they go with is oh she's not she's she's trying to prevent me or she's trying to do this it's like we don't actually have an agenda if, you know, if you're like, I, I want my son to have a relationship with his dad. I want him to spend time with him and all that yeah. kind of stuff, but I also. Most women to, do.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> Which isn't portrayed. This narrative. Yeah, <laughs>
0: there's this narrative that we are manipulative and want to yes. take everything and, and want to keep our kids from our, like the dads. That's not it at all. It's not it at all, but that's seems to be what they get stuck into or talked about with their friends or whatever. So that then... They're not actually seeing the reality or the truth of what we're trying to cultivate and and the good that we're trying to do. You know, we're stuck in a rock and a hard place. Like yep. that, that perfectly displays that we get stuck in a rock and a hard place. Your kid yep. is saying one thing, and you know, you want them to spend time with your parent. Quite frankly, I'm sure you would have loved for her to go to her dad's house so you could have some some alone time. oh uh, but- hell
1: yes! I was a new, freshly married person with a new husband. Yeah. Would have loved a little bit of downtime. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but you, but we but we always, like you said before, you know, we are always so giving of ourselves. We put everyone else first. It's just that, yeah. so we often put our children first and it's like, well, if they're saying what they want and they're old enough and I am going to cultivate that trust because I want them to come to me when they're 19 and having trouble, like I'm going to listen to her now, you know, like that's where it starts, right? Mm-hmm. The the cultivating the trust in that relationship between mother and child. So
1: yeah. Well, one of the things oh. I said was, oh, so what happens when she gets a, bo- a boyfriend and he's pressuring her to do something she doesn't want to do?
0: Yeah. Have
1: we taught her she has to do things she doesn't want to do at all costs because that's what someone else wants her to do? Yep. I said, is that the narrative we're going to have with our daughter? I said, I'm not prepared to have that narrative. So yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm not, Yeah. you know, of course, absolutely. You know, when a kid says they don't want to do something, like there are times when as the parent you've got to go, Come on, mate. You've just got to do it. Yeah. You'll be fine. Becomes an emotional problem for that child. You've got to listen to them. And I think as mums. And I'm never ashamed to say that I put my kids first. Like Mm -hmm. that that is the one relationship. I'm not prepared to sacrifice it. Mm -hmm. I don't care what other people think Mm -hmm. (laughs) anymore. Yeah. 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 I think it's
0: really hard to get to that point, though. And maybe that's what I'm dancing with at the moment, where like really letting go of, He can say whatever truth he wants, (laughs) and but I know who I am and the mother that I am and what I'm trying to create. You know, that's that's probably the hardest part.
1: Well, like I um, said, there's many years that have gone through that didn't come by chance. That was yeah, there was a lot of time that led up to me feeling like that.
0: Yeah, it's
1: um it's a road navigating co-parenting with another person. It is, I don't think anything can prepare you for it.
0: No. No.
1: (laughs) So then what would be this is like the last thing i love to end on is what's kind of your what works for you in terms of juggling so because you're a single mum and you've got a business you've got a 5 year old so it's not like he's 15 and has an after school job and can you know do a lot more stuff for himself how do, how do you do the juggle i don't say balance because i don't believe in balance but you juggle <laughs>
0: I have to say it's a lot easier this year that he's gone to school. I feel like I've I've got a lot more of myself back because I you know, I'm a I'm a worker. I love working. I have a really strong work ethic. It gives me passion, it gives me purpose. I really enjoy that side of myself. So I have found it a lot easier now that he goes to school to be able to like dive into my work day. The thing that helps me juggle is I keep Wednesdays as my goddess day. Like I call them goddess day. I don't book anything in. I don't book, like I make sure that I'm not working, that what I'm whatever I'm doing is fun for me. Or if I need like nourishment, I'll catch up with a friend or I'll go for a massage. Like I... I intentionally do those things so that I can balance the juggle because it's it's a lot you know (laughs) I've had to adjust to a whole new routine this year taking my child to school and doing lunches and washing uniforms (laughs) yeah and it does you know and so it goes really fast and I I was playing catch up for the first term, definitely,
1: because I was like, I'm I'm
0: not getting enough in, but I wasn't willing to budge on my goddess days because I know that it pays it forward for me. So, so yeah,
1: that's that's another conscious choice to choose you, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And the other thing that I do, which I was telling you before we hit record is I, once a month I gather because I have my own business, I gather with two other beautiful women who have their own businesses. And we do this thing called vision club where we spend the whole day really celebrating the losses celebrating the wins talking about like processing everything and intentionally feeling into what we want to call in this month and how we want to feel and what we desire and what matters most and then making you know because you only have finite amount of time Mm -hmm. (laughs) so then we we list out you know what what are we going to achieve this month and and that that for me Helps me feel like I'm still keeping momentum and, and keeping moving forward and keeping my eye on the big picture, as well as doing the small week to week tasks that need to be done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's, you, you know, it, it's courageous. I think, you know, anytime you choose to prioritize yourself in a positive way in this world that we live in currently today is a courageous thing. Yeah. And, but, you know, if you don't do that, then what's the alternative? burnout you know and then that's not that's not gonna work it's not gonna work for you or for your child no it definitely doesn't and I
0: think then you get overwhelmed because you have all these lists going in in your head whereas this is like a we we intentionally and we come to crave those days and oh my goodness, I so need today. Yeah, and I'm yeah, so glad yeah. I did it. And and we all leave with our cup filled to the brim and clear yeah. and knowing the direction that we're heading for the next 30 days. You know, yeah. it's it's so it feels counterintuitive, kind of but it's actually
1: really powerful. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Well, we've covered a lot of ground. Today. Yeah, we have. <laughs> this is what I like. And, you know, as you, you would understand, you know, as, when you're interviewing someone, you can go on with a rough idea and, you know, everyone sends through interview questions and stuff. But sometimes the conversation just goes where it's meant to go and it pulls out these sometimes totally unexpected things that you, you didn't realize you were going to touch on. And, it's funny, though, because I've been thinking about doing an episode for a little while now about just actually really telling the honesty of my own story because mm. I touch on it a lot, but I've never really done an episode where it's like, well, this is where I come from. This is what I've experienced and this is, you know, who I am today because of it. And and I'm, I think it's because I don't think I was ready to share a lot of those parts of me yet, but I'm, I think I'm getting ready to do it now. It takes, takes time, it's, you know, takes courage to share openly. It really does. It really does. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love that. So where can people find you on the
0: internet? so they can find me at quintessentialbeing.com or quintessentialbeing by nikki on facebook or instagram come and hang with me i would love to chat with you if you want to jump into my dms or listen to one of my podcast episodes and tag me in on your stories and i'll share it on my socials too thank you thank you so much for having me today
1: thank you it's been a pleasure to chat with you and like i said i feel like it's just been like a mirror talking to yeah. me at some points. It's been really cool. And I, I love that you get to know your guests more when, you pop, when you're podcasting with people too. So all the show notes to connect with you will be on the show notes page for today's episode so everyone can find you over there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: As always, thanks so much for listening today. And if anything here landed in your soul feels, please share with the people that you love because the more hearts and ears this gets into, the better. If you want more conversation like this, then head over to the Quintessential Being by Nikki Facebook or Instagram page. I would love to see you there. Till next time, big love.